Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome to episode 106 of the Modern Bar Cart podcast. I'm your host, Modern Bar Cart CEO, Eric Koslick. Thanks for joining me for another one of our Bar Cart Foundations episodes where we zoom in on one particular aspect of the mixology experience and really pick it apart to help you make better cocktails at your home bar. This is also an extremely exciting episode because we're finally starting to work video into our workflow. So in addition to the audio only version of this podcast, we're going to have a video tutorial where I walk you through some of the tools and techniques we discuss. But before we start talking all about this week's topic, which is how to master your garnish prep game, I have a couple important announcements. Announcement number one pertains to of course, our video initiative. These videos, whether we're talking how-to videos, product features, or live podcast streams, will all live on YouTube. And in order to do things down the road like monetize our content, link back to our website, other basic things that YouTube used to let you do for free, we need something crazy like a 1,000 channel subscribers and 4,000 hours of user-viewed content. So the big, big favor you can do is if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search for Modern Bar Cart, and click that subscribe button. It's not going to spam your email or anything. All it does is make sure our videos show up at the top of your YouTube feed when we release them. So if you're someone who doesn't really use YouTube all that much, you, you're not even going to notice, but it's going to help us out big time. And if you're the kind of person who does enjoy surfing around and seeing what's new, you'll get our new videos front and center whenever you load up your YouTube homepage. Please do this if you can. These are the sorts of favors you can do to help us maintain extremely nutritious content and keep those ads at bay. Announcement number two is that the Modern Bar Cart Squad will be rolling into New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail later this month. Our schedule is already starting to fill up, so if you or someone you know want to pull up a seat for a drink or record a podcast episode, now's the time to lock it down in our calendar. Email podcast at modernbarcart.com and let us know when you'll be in town and what you'd like to talk about. We are also, of course, going to be doing a good deal of filming down at Tales, so if you do subscribe to the YouTube channel, you'll get to see us running wild, talking to bartenders and distillers, and maybe even getting a little bit tipsy. Thanks for bearing with me through those extremely important announcements, and as a reward... Let me give you the chance to make yourself a drink. This week's featured cocktail is the Tequila Sour. If you've ever had a really silky whiskey sour with egg white, then I think this drink is gonna be right up your alley. To make it, you'll need two ounces of Blanco or Reposado tequila, one ounce of citrus juice, for a normal sour, lemon juice is traditional, but for this drink, we use lime, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, one egg white, and several dashes of a seasonally appropriate cocktail bitters. We used our Typhoon Tiki Bitters by Embitterment. Combine all ingredients in a cocktail shaker with no ice. Again, no ice at first, and give it a good shake until you can hear and feel the consistency change. This is called a dry shake, and what it does is allow that nice, creamy, foamy head to form without the interruption of ice and dilution. Those two factors 
don't do well with the denaturing of the egg white protein. So initially you wanna shake it up without the ice, then to chill down the cocktail once you've given that egg white a chance to kind of get shaken up a little bit, then you can add the ice and then it's fine. So once you've shaken it for about 15 to 20 seconds without the ice, go ahead, add a couple nice big cubes and shake for another 10 seconds and then strain into a stemmed cocktail glass and garnish with a dehydrated lime wheel. For a video tutorial of how to make this cocktail and instructions for dehydrated citrus wheels, head over to the show notes page for this episode at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast or hit up our YouTube channel where you can watch the video. So now that you've got yourself a refreshing summer sipper, let's turn our attention to the subject of this Barkhart Foundations episode, mastering your garnish prep. The word garnish comes from the old French garnier, which originally had military implications. It meant to arm oneself or to be outfitted for battle. But as language and time evolved, it took on more of a decorative tone, meaning simply to embellish. And this is where food and drink comes into the story. It's also interesting that garnish is a French word and concept because it was in France that high cuisine was first codified into a gastronomic religion and where the modern restaurant was born. And when we're talking about this particular place and time in history, it's hard for me not to think of the godfather of flavor, Jean-Antoine Briat Savarin, author of a series of essays called The Physiology of Taste, or Meditations on Transcendental Gastronomy. As I was skimming through that book, thinking about garnishes and the role they play in the cocktail world, I came across a really interesting little passage in Meditation 14 called On the Pleasures of the Table, where the author draws a distinction I think is kind of key for our purposes in this episode. He states, quote, the pleasure of eating is the actual and direct sensation of satisfying a need. The pleasures of the table are a reflective sensation, which is born from the various circumstances of place, time, things, and people who make up the surroundings of the meal. The pleasure of eating is one we share with animals. It depends solely on hunger and on what is needed to satisfy it. The pleasures of the table are known only to the human race. They depend on careful preparations for the serving of the meal, on the choice of place, and on the thoughtful assembling of the guests. The pleasure of eating demands appetite, if not actual hunger. The pleasures of the table are most often independent of either one or the other. End quote. What he's saying here is that there are first-order human needs, and then there are desires and embellishments that transcend those basic impulses. The garnish falls into this latter group, and so as you think about mastering your garnish game, I'd encourage you to continue on in the tradition of Briat Savarin and really consider what you're trying to accomplish when you add a further embellishment to a cocktail that's already technically complete from a taste perspective. Right, Because if you're not trying to satisfy some mute impulse like hunger or thirst, what you're really trying to do is enter into a conversation with the intellect. So with that general instruction in mind, let's jump into a list of tips and tricks you can use to master your garnish prep game and impress your friends and family this summer when you're entertaining. Tip number one, do some basic math. 
before anything else, you need to procure your garnish materials. That means you should know what kind of drinks you'd like to make and what your garnish is going to be in addition to how many guests you plan to serve. The basic assumption here is that it's bad form to run out of garnishes halfway through, so buy enough for what you'd like to make. When it comes to citrus, imagine how many peels you can get out of an average size fruit, how many citrus twists, then do the basic multiplication from there. When it comes to herbs, you can kind of do the same thing, whether you're using a single large basil leaf, a rosemary stem, or a sprig of mint. The moral of the story is, imagine your garnish, then do some basic math before you go to the store. Tip number two, know your tools. Anybody with a basic kitchen setup can assemble perfectly attractive fruit or herb garnishes. But if you wanna get more advanced, it might pay to pick up other tools like decorative cocktail picks, a channel knife for creating thin ribbons of citrus peel, or a microplane for grating nutmeg. These things aren't expensive, but you usually need to have a plan in order to justify purchasing them, right? A channel knife is a fairly esoteric piece of equipment, so you need to know in advance if you're going to try and make something that requires it. This is another point in favor of planning out your menu before guests arrive. That way, you'll be sure to have the tools of the trade ready for action. Tip number three, use the whole buffalo. When it comes to reducing waste during your garnish prep, it's important to know what can be repurposed for other uses. My favorite example of this type of sustainability is when processing citrus. If you're using the peel for your garnishes, don't forget to reserve the fruit for its juice, even if you don't need it right away. It's perfectly acceptable to put a peeled lemon, lime, or orange into a Ziploc bag in the fridge and come back to it later. In my experience, the juice does just fine as long as it has a healthy layer of that white pith to protect it. The same principle actually works in reverse. So if you're only planning on using the juice of your citrus, then why not peel it beforehand? This way you've got pre-prepped citrus twists or you can create something called an oleosaccharum. This is basically a citrus oil infused sugar and you make it by sprinkling a healthy dose of granulated sugar over your citrus peels and allowing the mixture to sit covered overnight. Oleosaccharums are great in classic punch recipes but you can also sub them in for simple syrup in your favorite cocktails. Tip number four, don't sleep on pickles. That's right, you heard me, pickles. In my personal opinion, this is maybe one of my pet topics, I guess, pickled or savory garnishes are way too often overlooked in the cocktail world. Normally, when you think pickles, you think about maybe a pickleback shot or a Bloody Mary at most. But keep in mind that cucumbers aren't the only things one can pickle. Personally, one of my favorite summer garnishes to use in fruity, clear spirit cocktails is a pickled watermelon rind. It's beautiful and Adding a bit of salt or vinegar to the drink gives you a much more dynamic range of flavors than you might otherwise have. So don't sleep on pickles. I think they're a really versatile flavor to add to a drink. And the best part about them is that they're edible garnishes. And who doesn't want to eat the garnish? Tip number five, think in three dimensions. This is probably one of the most important tips I have because it really impacts the way you execute your garnishes in the glass, and that, in turn, drastically affects the drinking experience. 
To explain what I mean by thinking in three dimensions, let's take two garnish case studies. The first involves a nice, thin ribbon of lime peel cut using a channel knife. At face value, it's just kind of a line, right? Two dimensions. And as such, you can't really do much with this really slender channel knife cut lime ribbon. But if you were to take a metal straw and wind that peel around it so that it takes on a coiled spring-like form, you've got a much more interesting shape to drape over the side of your glass. And it also has some utility factors, right? You can kind of rest it in between one of those coils so it stays still as your guest drinks it. It's not just rolling around in the glass, getting in the way, getting your face wet. Another case study is using a thin ribbon of cucumber. Depending on the length of the slice and the size of the glass, there's a couple really interesting things you can do with this, right? Cucumber is a beautiful flavor you can pair with anything like a mojito to a gin cocktail like a gimlet or a south side. It's very versatile. So if you're using a highball or a Collins glass, consider placing the peel flush against the inside of the glass before you add your ice and your liquid. This way, the drinker will see it and be able to enjoy the color contrast as they enjoy their drink. In essence, the more you can bring your garnish into a three-dimensional space, the more interesting it will be. Tip number six, think about spices, rims, and drizzles. Most of the time, people think about very flourishy garnishes, stuff that sticks out of the glass and really catches the eye, but sometimes a minimalist approach can be nice as well. A simple spiced or salted rim is a great way to nail your garnish game with a single ingredient, like Old Bay seasoning or sal de gusanos, which is a special Mexican salt I'll let you look up on your own. But if you're looking to execute a rim or a drizzle inside the glass on the surface of the drink, you need to think about surface tension. In other words, what's going to float and what won't, and when is that okay? Right, I could see in a clearish cocktail, maybe something light colored like an aviation, it's nice to have an, a dark colored brandied cherry sitting at the bottom of the glass. It's okay for that garnish to sink. But maybe in other cases, I want it to float. In this case, an egg white cocktail or something equivalent made using aquafaba is a major win because a good foam head will allow you to float whole spices, honey drizzles, or edible flowers like nasturtiums right on top of the drink. The other cool thing about an egg white foam is that it provides a striking blank canvas that can really make your minimal garnishes pop. Tip number seven, manage your moisture. I have two moisture related tips for your garnish endeavors. One involves keeping it in and one involves removing it entirely. If you're trying to prep citrus twists ahead of time, something maybe like a large get-together you're serving old fashions or Negronis, I'd recommend storing them between two moist paper towels in an airtight Ziploc bag in the fridge. This way, they'll retain their moisture content and springiness during the few hours between when you prep them and when you use them. On the other hand, let's talk about dehydrated citrus wheels, removing that moisture. These are super easy DIY project that you can do the night before a cocktail party, and I promise you'll score major craftiness points for this one. All you need to do is slice your lemons, limes, or maybe even something exotic like blood orange into quarter inch to half inch wide wheels, and then lay them on a cooking tray lined with parchment paper and place them in the oven overnight with the oven light on. After eight to 12 hours, you'll have some beautifully dried citrus wheels. 
You can also slightly accelerate the process by turning the oven on to a low setting, like it's 175 or 200 degrees. But when you do this, you're at greater risk for the citrus burning or sticking to the parchment paper. So be careful if you wanna accelerate the process and just make sure to check in more frequently. Tip number eight, safety matters. Now, garnishes might seem pretty safe, but there are a couple key risks you should think about as a host. One is to make sure you specify whether they're edible or not. And the last thing you want is somebody swallowing something that's supposed to be merely decorative or cracking a tooth on something that looks soft but has a hidden seed or pit. Safety also involves making sure you do your research about your garnishes. Not every flower is edible and not every sweet smelling herb is something you want to swallow or even something that you'd like to infuse your drink with. So please try not to kill your guests in the name of a pretty drink. One great resource for this is the FDA's GRAS, G-R-A-S, generally recognized as safe designation. You can follow the link in the show notes page where you'll find a ton of resources pertaining to all sorts of edible and non-edible stuff. Basically, if something is generally recognized as safe, you don't have to worry about it too, too much. Tip number nine, contrast is king. If you wanna make your cocktails really stand out, it helps to select garnishes that have good contrast appeal with the color of your drink. So if you've got a dark colored cocktail, think about a nice, bright, vibrant garnish. And if you have a clear or light colored drink, go for something that's going to interrupt that pattern with some dark colors. This contrast theory also applies to flavor pairing between the garnish and the drink. In general, you either want to really complement the drink or really push against the drink's flavor profile and go in a completely different direction. So an example of a really safe non-contrasting garnish is the lemon twist in a classic martini. It contrasts just enough with the clear cocktail to be noticeable, but it also pairs really seamlessly with the gin and dry vermouth. An example of a really bold, hyper-contrasted garnish would be something like a skewer of smoked pineapple chunks on top of a Negroni. Both the flavor and the color are headed in a completely different direction than the cocktail itself, which teaches you something about both the garnish and the original cocktail. And finally, tip number 10, garnishes ain't serious. That's right, leave it to me to go on and on about how to up your garnish game and then turn around and tell you it's not serious. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's important, but it's not serious. What I'm trying to say is that all garnishes, at least to me, have a sense or should have a sense of levity. You're elevating your drink, but you're also contributing a sparkle of lightness and creativity to the end product. A garnish should be a conversation piece. It should be celebrating something, whether it's the season, the occasion, the company, or anything else under the sun. So please, if you ever find yourself taking your garnishes too seriously, that might be a sign that you're going a little overboard. If you can't enjoy them yourself, then what's the point? I hope you found these tips helpful and thought-provoking and that you're inspired to get out there and experiment with bold new garnishes as you continue your journey as a home bartender. You can always tag us at Modern Bar Cart on Instagram and Facebook when you show off your favorite cocktails and the garnishes that come with them. And honestly, we love that. We love reposting all the creative stuff our listeners do, so don't be shy. 
Until next time, I'm Modern Bar Cart CEO Eric Koslick reminding you to drink responsibly and experiment boldly. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners, and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember, folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was made possible with editing and production assistance by Samantha Reed. Some existential thoughts on gastronomy by Jean-Antoine Brias Savarin, and a little bit of garnish magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2019.